you, you had mentioned that where the United States gets in trouble is where we pull back from our leadership. Uh, are we pulling back in NATO? And you know, what is, the, what is our future there? And what's, what's the future of NATO in that, in that, um, that area? Yeah, I think some of the president's rhetoric was, you know, interpreted that we're, uh, NATO's weak, it's not reliable anymore. I think what he's trying to say is NATO has to step up and start paying, all the NATO countries should stand up and start paying for the operations, not just rely on the United States to do that. And I think most Americans agree with that. I, one of the first um, speeches I saw the vice president give was at the Munich Security Conference where he gave a very strong speech about the importance of NATO, reassuring our NATO allies that we stand with NATO. Um, NATO is very important um, to the United States and, and to its members. Um, it was formed you know, to contain the Soviet Union. And so I think certainly in the Congress, uh, there's strong support for NATO. And I would argue within the administration, we, they understand the importance of NATO. One of our NATO allies, however, has given me some pause, and it's, it's Turkey. We let Turkey into the alliance to protect them against the Soviet Union. Now Turkey, under Erdogan, who I, I would subscribe as a sort of uh, Ottoman Empire-style dictator, is um, going forward with this purchase of S-400 Russian you know, weapon system um, in complete defiance of the NATO accords. And I would argue also in violation of the Russian sanctions. And we've told them repeatedly, you can't do that and buy our F-35 because they're used to track our F-35. Can't have it both ways. We will sell you our Patriot systems, uh, but you can't buy the S-400. You're a NATO country. You can't buy uh, from Russia. So we're seeing, um, and we have a, an air base, you know, in Innsbruck. So, I mean, it, this is a pretty interesting time uh, watching what Turkey's doing. What they'll tell you is, we met with the foreign minister, well, you know what, you weren't there, and the Russians are there now in Syria, and they're our next door neighbor, and we have to deal with them, because you were not there. And that is one point where I agree with them. We weren't there, and that's exactly why the Russians moved in and took over those ports into the Mediterranean strategically. You look at Venezuela, they, they held uh, Maduro on the tarmac when he's getting ready to leave to go to Havana, and told him to stay in Caracas because the Russians want him there. And I would argue they want that port as well. I just had a couple of things. Uh, one is in, in this long-term wide competition we're having with the Chinese, uh, probably one of the most crucial assets we have that they don't have are strong allies. Uh, and and <coughs> The same is true with Russia. You know, who's an ally of Russia other than the people they have under their thumb? Our alliances, NATO, our uh, alliances with Japan and Australia, as just some examples, are, are a crucial asset that we have with all of these challenges that we face. Now, I think that uh, they got our allies around the world were discombobulated with this president for a while. But uh, they have come to understand, I think, a little better his rhetoric and are watching what we do, not everything he tweets, and are reassured because our commitment to NATO, if anything, has stepped up. And our, our, our relation, our military and intelligence sharing with uh, Japan and other allies in the Pacific, as well as a number of allies in the Middle East, is as strong as it's ever been. 
So uh, I, I think it's true. It was good to put some NATO countries on the spot for living up to their promises of 2% of their GDP going to defense and things like that. That's a positive thing. But, but the uh, importance of our alliances in the past, in the present, and certainly in the future, I think, uh, is, cannot be disputed. Follow up on the Turkey question. For years, Turkey was uh, the eastern bulwark for NATO. Uh, again, as you mentioned, primarily focused against the Soviet Union, now Russia. But now it's the eastern front, not only with Syria and Iraq, but with Iran. How do you see their resolve or their ability to work with us to contain what's happening in Iran? Well, um, I'm going to go, I'm, you know, Johnny One Note. I want to go back to context for a second because I do think when it comes to Iran and when it comes to Turkey, you need to understand a bit of history. Uh, when you've got folks who have had empires for hundreds of years, they have a particular mindset that carries over to the present day. And those particular empires, the Ottomans and the Persians, uh, haven't gotten along very well. And, and, and so while tactically Erdogan uh, and the Iranians may move a little bit here and there, you need to understand what's, a little, what's deeper. And, and that is, I think you're right, that Turkey plays a critical role uh, historically and, and will continue to do so in containing the ambitions of Iran. Um, and, and, and so, I, I, I agree with everything McCall said. We cannot, and I, I think this is bipartisan and virtually unanimous, we cannot allow Turkey to have the F-35 and the Soviet anti-air system, the S-400. At the same time, uh, I think most people would say we don't want to alienate Turkey forever on everything, uh, hoping and it's a hope that it's Erdogan, their current leader, who's weakening politically, by the way, uh, that it's Erdogan and that uh, the importance of Turkey to NATO as well as to the Middle East is, is something that we need to keep our eye on and, 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 and uh, can really be a benefit to us and our allies in the future. So we got to draw a hot line now, but we don't want to alienate them forever. And that's a, that's a challenging line to walk. Yeah, I agree with Mac on that, and he's right. Go back to Ottoman Empire, Persian Empire there. Um, I, I think uh, Turkey will contain um, Iran. Iran's getting very desperate right now. The sanctions are, are working. They're weakening. Their economy is crippling. Uh, Hezbollah is, is cash-starved. Um, I think it's really an act of desperation, the attacks on these tankers and the Straits of Hormuz. Um, because their energy supply is getting cut off. They can't sell it, uh, and they're threatening uh, Europe uh, with this as well. But that JCPOA gave them $150 billion in, in assets and cash on planes that they have put into this land bridge, the Shia, Shia Crescent. Shia militias in Iraq and Syria and Lebanon, 150,000 rockets pointed at Israel. Uh, there are the Houthi rebels in, in uh, Yemen, or a, a huge... Threat, but I would argue Syria is probably the most complex foreign policy question of the day. You have Russia in there, you have Shia militias in there, you have Sunni Arab extremists in there, 
you got Turkey in there and the Kurds. And we fought with the Kurds to defeat ISIS. Well, guess what? Turkey thinks that the Kurds are terrorists. So if we had pulled out those troops as the president initially wanted to do, and I think Mac, I think you agreed with us, that, that was a wrong move, just like it was wrong when Obama pulled out 10,000 out of Iraq. The, the consequences of that would have been the Tur Turks would have gone in, they would have slaughtered the Kurds, and the 2,000 jihadists in those jails would have been unleashed, and it would have been utter uh, chaos. But it's still one of the most complex foreign policy questions as to how do you get to a resolution when you have so many countries in that one country itself.